0: We also want to find people in the business in our various areas of expertise that love social, that embrace social or embrace digital in general and want to be a part of this. I think we have a really strong group of advocates that automatically feel inclined to say, hey, we should be using social.
1: Hello and a very warm welcome to this, our second series of transformation stories from the award-winning Veltec Café. Last year, we spoke to more than 25 global brands and industry experts about their experiences of digital transformation, and this series is no different. From airlines to retailers, manufacturers to healthcare companies, this is a podcast series that strips away the digital buzzwords and challenges what we all thought we knew about our industry. Covering topics from the circular economy to customer experience, emerging tech to composable architectures, we're removing the filters and getting to the bottom of what's really going on in digital today. I'm Tizzy Philp, and welcome to the podcast.
2: I'm your host for today, PJ Steven. Along with Tizzy Philp, I'm co-hosting the second series of our transformational podcast, bringing you a North American perspective. Today's interview explores an unlikely catalyst for transformation within a storied and traditional brand. Brands in the aerospace industry are not typically known for showing humanity in their digital marketing efforts, especially on social media channels. But Pratt and Whitney have been doing just that, imbuing more personality and expert-led conversations into their social marketing efforts while empowering more of their people to connect directly with their customers. They're streamlining their diverse social channels and global digital assets while bringing more iterative and measurable insights to their digital marketing strategies. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Christina Pulaski, Senior Manager of Digital Platforms and Social Media at Pratt & Whitney. As Pratt & Whitney's digital lead, Christina continues to pioneer the evolution of the company's 360-degree digital marketing strategies, leveraging the power of social media to flip the proverbial script on how Pratt & Whitney connects with its customers and prospects in an increasingly human way. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. Christina, first, I'd love for you to give us a little bit of context and tell us more about yourself and how your roles have evolved over the last while that you've been with Pratt & Whitney.
0: I joined Pratt & Whitney as our social media manager about four years ago to bring a strategy to what we do on the channels each day and help the team realize the value of social from a business perspective. When I started at Pratt & Whitney, we were doing what I would call the spray and pray method with content. So, using all of our channels to share the same boring, if you will, message across Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. And we didn't really have a presence on Instagram. I was excited to join Pratt and bring my perspective for social media strategy because I, you know, I really had experience in in bringing that strategic piece to the table. I know that Pratt and Whitney wanted to do social and didn't really have a cohesive way of sharing the brand message and, and presenting the brand on social. We were posting things like executives standing posed and, and shaking hands and blasting out press releases with inconsistent imagery and all kinds of things that just didn't create a cohesive presence for Pratt across the social channels, and certainly didn't take into account the various audiences that the company wanted to reach and connect with across channels. Uh, As we know, as marketers, each channel is very different in how content is presented and consumed, as well as who the audience is on that channel. And so we realized we really needed to do some work there. As I stepped into Pratt, one of the first things that we did was audit the channels so that we could understand, you know, where we were at and where we needed to go. As I continued to be a part of the team and, and grow our social strategy and our, our presence on the social channels into a more cohesive social media marketing program, we continued to evolve the team, uh, and I became our digital lead, where I get to now lead a team of rock star channel strategists across. Strategy and execution on social and web. And, you know, hopefully one day we'll continue to expand our channel set into other areas like email and more search activity.
2: So you started as just the social manager and you arrived on the scene. And as you mentioned, the efforts were ambitious, which is commendable. But we know people who are engaged in social media know that the expectations on the different networks are different. So talk to me about those first few months of when you did that audit and you noticed, you know, download the press release PDF here posted on identical posts across all different channels. How did you first start to convince people that you needed to change the way that you were crafting content for different channels? Talk to me about that a little bit.
0: Yes. So like I said, when I first joined Pratt & Winnie, I like to call our social media marketing approach spray and pray. We took anything and everything, staged photos of people shaking hands, stock images, press releases, and so many things that had very little compelling value on social and blasted them out across every channel with the same message, no matter who, you know, our anticipated audience was or our desired audience was. We knew if we wanted to be successful, we needed to actually bring a strategic approach uh, more than what we were doing. And that included a more branded approach to our content. We really wanted to understand our audiences across the platforms and create more tailored content and campaigns. But, you know, how to how to start, how to do that. When I joined, we did conduct a major audit of the channels to understand, you know, where were we in juxtaposition to our competitors and our customers in the space, as well as just, you know, how was Pratt & Whitney performing? And, and where were we at in terms of the numbers, right? The, the company at the time was just stacking up total engagements and looking at reach of posts. And that was very, very basic, right? It, it was just the start of what could possibly be looked at in terms of social measurement to understand how things were performing and going and how we could continue to evolve. Specifically, you know, one of the first things that I talked to the team about was just adopting, you know, the use of engagement rate versus just tallying up engagements and reach and explaining to them that, you know, if we really took a look at engagement rate, this could actually show us basically you know for what we put out what percent of people were were paying attention or, or taking an action on it and why was that important versus just looking at a total number of something that really couldn't be put in context appropriately when we were trying to explain to our business stakeholders how something performed or worked right something with a very high number of engagements might have had a really high number of reach and and may not have been you know a high engagement rate versus something that could have a hundred engagements but I've only gone to a hundred people. Right. And so that was, you know, one of the first things that I was trying to demonstrate was that we don't care about hitting millions of people with every message, right? It's about getting to the right people and with the right message and, and making sure that those people are actually taking an action on our content. So to do that, we conducted this audit. We looked across every channel that Pratt had, what were the benefits and deficits of what, was happening as far as channel activity, and then, you know, really establish some benchmarks for ourselves for the very first time. So looked at how, how were we performing in terms of engagement rate? What did that mean? And, and sort of where do we need to get to and how could we grow things? And then once we kind of put those benchmarks or those, those targets in place, for where we wanted to go, the next step was kind of assessing how did the content work and how could we continue to evolve it so that it would perform better and that we would see better results with the audiences that we cared about. We also used this audit to understand our audiences specifically. So who did follow us on those channels? What were some of our general followers? And where did we want to go? So for example, you know, we didn't have the same audience on a platform like Twitter that we did on LinkedIn. On Twitter, you know, we probably had a high representation of media at the time, folks who were interested in sort of that news angle of content. Whereas on LinkedIn, right, we had a completely different audience, which consisted of customers and leaders of businesses that we did business with, as well as folks that were researching our products and services, either for job opportunities, or customer opportunities. So We used that audit and that information to help kind of guide our team members, both inside our team, as well as outside of our team, you know, in the business to understand where could you find the people you were looking for? So if you were looking to recruit someone, what channel would you find them on? And why would we want to post on that channel? And what type of content might do well there? And how do we want to measure it? And we did the same thing across all of our channels to really help people understand better what the purpose of each of those channels was, who was following us, who was paying attention and, and how they could really better reach their audiences. Another thing that we did was to take a look better at our brand and, and realigning our brand efforts. So As you may or may not know, Pratt & Whitney is an established brand. We have almost a hundred year history. Our dependable engines and our Eagle logo have been well known for all the years we've been in business. Our customers know it well. They even get it tattooed on their bodies and collect stickers. But as I stepped in, you know, our team was embarking on a new brand effort to strengthen our brand, especially on digital and external channels. So I helped to do this on the social channels by introducing our Go Beyond tagline and, you know, identifying the need to bring a more consistent branded look to the content and layout of our digital channels. So everything from the banners, the consistent logos to the actual content that we were producing on the channels and making sure that it looked and felt consistent no matter where you interacted with the Pratt and Whitney brand across the digital channels, that we actually had a branded presence and you could you could see that it was us and it was recognizably us. So that was something that I worked on. And you know, that went beyond just the social channels to our digital properties like the website and making sure that When you were clicking on a social post, you went to a branded place that actually looked and felt still like you were having an experience with Pratt and Whitney, something that we had never done before.
2: I'm going to reflect a couple things back to you that I heard there, Christina. So, first of all, Pratt and Whitney—we all know—they're a well-established, century-old company, and certainly have always been at the cutting edge of creating aviation technologies for their customers. But maybe as a storied organization, not on the cutting edge of how they would use social. So, But I do uh, certainly want to commend the organization for having understood that they needed to make the investment in social. So there was at least that momentum when you stepped into the role. But as you said, it was important for your team to understand the nuances of both the customers you were trying to talk to and the channel expectations, and that that fed into your strategy. And what I really liked about what you said is that even though you might have simplified how much you were posting and posted less on each channel, you were increasing the value of all those posts and helping to measure the quality of the engagement instead of just the quantity, which I think is is a great fuel for transformation and being able to convince others. So once you had lived through uh, a rebrand effort and you had gotten to a place where the content that was being posted on the individual channels was custom made for that channel. It did represent the brand and it all felt cohesive and it all felt like a a contiguous experience. What are some of the ways that you then started to innovate on leveraging social for its namesake? So actually being social, I can't imagine an organization that makes aircraft technology being conversational on social media. Can you talk to me about that a little bit?
0: Absolutely. So once we had all of the basics in place, we really began to transform our digital presence to stop making our posts so self-focused and more customer-centric and creating those two-way conversations. We introduced two-way engagement, started calling attention to the milestones and and accomplishments of our customers and our partners, um, key moments in the industry, making sure that we were actively going out and responding to things happening. We were quick about it. We were showing sort of that behind-the-scenes view of what was happening and not just blasting out things that were self-promotional like press releases. We began to introduce sort of these active marketing campaigns on social as well so we made a shift from just promoting that news and what i would call like the event of the moment in a reactive manner to a way of creating proactive content that supports the efficacy of our marketing campaigns across the company so you know now we weren't just kind of spraying and praying right we were taking these tailored posts targeted to specific audiences and creating dedicated landing pages and experiences for our customers on the, the platforms that, you know, aligned with what we were trying to accomplish from a sales and from a business perspective. And then we were also on a day-to-day basis just becoming more conversational on the channels to engage with folks. So for example, having 2 a conversation with folks who were interested in our engines or or wanted to talk more about certain topics related to aerospace, attracting new talent and getting them to engage with us through things like Instagram stories and, and having them respond to us versus just us blasting those things out um, with no two-way engagement, making sure that, you know, we were doing a lot more monitoring of the channels and and understanding what was happening contextually outside of just our little world so that we could bring value and our expertise to conversations. One of the ways that we really were able to do that and and bring our expertise was also by introducing the perspectives of our employees versus just the brand as well. Um, I don't know if you want
2: me to talk a little bit more. Yeah, no, that's exactly where I was going to go next. So if I'm an executive and I'm hearing about more two-way conversations and more responsiveness on social, to me, that sounds like I have to stand up a whole new team and just train them to keep the conversation going. But that's not how it happened, is it? Who, who are these people that are engaging in this conversation on behalf of the brand?
0: as consumers, we're going to take the word of someone that we know and trust. And that's not always the brand, right? It's great to have the brand be that sort of megaphone for your company and your products and services. But for us, we really believe our true experts are the people on the ground, our sales teams and our service teams. And so this year specifically, you know, one of the big steps we took was training our sales and service team in Canada to interface with our customers and, and might I add, in a safe and appropriate manner, because we, of course, are a, a very large company and we are regulated, but The glory here is that this can be done in a safe and effective way, right? Where we can use social to have two-way conversations with our customers and get them the help they need, get them interested in new products and services that we have, and really use our experts to be those people that share those things. So the ones who know the ins and outs of our product, that's who we really want to communicate this. You know, we've created, I guess... We, we could call them disciples, if you will, of digital, but really having our employees and our sales folks be the key to helping share our message on digital. They know their stuff, they put a face to our brand. This took us away from only that sort of executive message position where, you know, we had these people that were standing kind of far from the decision makers or far from the folks that especially on the B2C side, were going to purchase our products. So by activating this strategy within our sales team and our service team, we were able to really create more two-way conversation with the people who were were day-to-day conversing in real life with our customers, right? And just bringing that to a new channel where we could reach more people and new people and use the power of referrals and connections to do that effectively.
2: So if I'm hearing the first wave was about auditing the channels, reducing the number of channels, reducing the number of repetition that was happening across the channels, and really starting to create a strategy for how to make the right message for the right channel resonate so that the the brand could show up in, in the right context and fit into the social channel. And then it sounds like the second wave was amplifying the expertise and the connectivity that was already happening with the Salesforce. So it's not a matter of standing up a whole new social team. It's a matter of using the social as a channel to amplify the expertise and the, the trust and authority that the sales team already have.
0: Absolutely. And it you know was pretty easy for us to do that. We created a series of social media trainings that we continue to offer for our business colleagues that show them how we use the channels as a digital team and then how they can use the channels to help sort of carry this message further for the company and for the work that they're doing. This also benefits us on the recruiting side as well because who better to entice someone to come work for Pratt & Whitney than the folks who are day in, day out experiencing the work that Pratt & Whitney does and, and working mm. face-to-face with our customers. Additionally, this really allowed us to just have more interaction with the sales team and get them in on our marketing campaigns so that we could carry our content further when we did create these marketing campaigns. And so that was exciting. And it was content that was already created that we could have these guys help us, you know, share out to their network. So it it wasn't starting from scratch with content, right? It was teaching Mm. folks how to add their personal value, their personal perspective in a way that was constructive and appropriate for our business and showed sort of that personal side on their own social media channels so that it didn't feel like this corporate voice coming from Pratt & Whitney specifically.
2: I'm getting the benefits in terms of the customer benefit of being able to see more of the human side of Pratt & Whitney and being able to connect more to the sales team online. And obviously in the social channel, the content's a lot more valuable because as you say, it's not just executive shaking hands and and dropping press releases. But I still want to understand how you're communicating this value back to those senior stakeholders. Is there a measurement portion of your role that helps fuel this transformation?
0: I would say that we're just starting to get there, right? We've just introduced this. And kind of the first way is sort of that word of mouth, getting folks who are interested in using social, I would say, you know, building our allies. So one of the key things that has been helpful in my entire time at Pratt and getting folks on board with digital is using those folks we already know believe in digital and love digital and want to use digital that we don't have to convince, and working with those folks to then build the proof to the others. So, you know, picking a few folks that we know are active social media users, working with their comms managers to make sure that they are posting relevant content on a regular basis, pulling stats from the effectiveness of that content? Like, you know, how many people did engage? Were there some key nominal customers that we want to talk about to the rest of the group that engaged with that, that can be seen, you know, on the social platforms and, and really pique the interest of others to say, hey, I want this company to pay attention to me and I want them to engage with my posts. And I want this person to engage with my post, right? And kind of pulling those names and those folks out of the list so that we can, really demonstrate that you can get the right eyeballs and the right engagement and not necessarily just the numbers. And then I would say, you know, beyond that, like I said, the word of mouth is really important too. So asking folks, you know, spending time with them, asking them, okay, you tried this, like, tell me how it's working for you. Tell me, are you seeing people engaging with these things? Did you get any conversations offline about this particular item, whether it was a product or a service? And did you get any business out of it? I think another really cool way that we can measure that is through some of our lead generation web pages. So building forms and lead gen pages so that we can capture customer information. So if we have a salesperson out on a social channel like LinkedIn sharing and saying, hey, like take advantage of this product offering, head to this page to... Fill out your information so we can get in contact with you and somebody heads to that page and does that we can see that on the back end and use those measurements to demonstrate that hey you know we did acquire 60 interested Potential customers for this particular product or service. And I think having those numbers as well really brings it back to the business. Like, hey, we got people interested in this specific product or service. And it's not just, you know, these fluffy, fun conversations on social, but really, you know, driving more interest in the things that we care about and that make us money as a business.
2: So, am I hearing that you're engaging? stakeholders from outside of your immediate team to help you build your social strategies? Is there a two-way conversation that happens between marketing and communications and social? And I know that your role has certainly expanded. You're no longer just in charge of social media for Pratt & Whitney. Could you talk a little bit about that, about how it's evolving in the last short while?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, You're correct in that we are engaging stakeholders outside of our team and outside of even communications and marketing, right? We're working with those folks, but we also want to find people in the business in our various areas of expertise that love social, that embrace social or embrace digital in general and want to be a part of this. I think we have a really strong group of advocates that automatically feel inclined to say, hey, we should be using social, we should be doing this, right? And and working and teaming up with those people to have them sort of be our leads on social. So when there's a new announcement or a new big thing from Pratt and Whitney, we, we just launched an exciting iteration of one of our key products. And as part of that, we had a lot of great content that we were creating. And so we took as a team a second step to create additional content that those advocates, those people who are heavily supportive of using digital to push the message out, to get us to help push the message out, right? To give us that extra boost. And so as those people were continuing to share on their channels, it created this momentum, like, hey, I saw so-and-so posting about this topic. Can I get that same information? And we actually created a toolkit for other employees as well. This is kind of how we start to work with these people just to to get the word out, to get others to see this activity and the engagement that it's generating so that they too want to participate in this. And we make it easy by actually creating suggested content for them and then allowing them to to add their perspective and, and training them in how to do that effectively and safely.
2: Christina, I love this thread that I'm noticing weaving through the conversation that we're having here where your instinct, is to take the knowledge that you have and your innate understanding of how social should work and then finding places where there's already a bit of heat and let's call it velocity within the organization and then amplifying that. So you're finding where expertise lives and you're giving it a voice and you're finding where there's energy to innovate and do new things and you're empowering those folks with the assets and the templates and the pre-approved safe materials that they can use to help be part of this, uh, this transformation. So I just love that. You seem to find the value where it's dormant or or exists already. What does the future hold for your role and how do you see it evolving further? What other channels are you excited to innovate in?
0: One of the things that we're doing right now that's a huge project for us that we're really excited about is consolidating all of our digital properties. As I stepped into this role, my role expanded to encompass other digital channels beyond just social, looking at our web properties as well. One thing that we set out to do was save money and time by creating a more consistent presence across our channels, social and web. And also to create a more cohesive digital product showcase for our customers. So rather than having a bunch of disparate web and social properties out there around the world with a disjointed and inconsistent strategy, completely different community managers and folks updating content and not really talking to each other, as well as you know this inconsistent brand image, right? We now had the global channels all set and the global channels really had that correct sort of approach to the brand, the voice that we wanted, the look and feel that we wanted, but we still had disparate channels out there that really didn't bring that consistent presence for us. And so our choice was to move toward a more consolidated strategy where we took outside global channels. On social, for example, we had a series of pages in Poland, and we brought them into the global page. And instead of Creating separate channels to post this information. We use more personalization and more geo-targeting opportunities as well as paid social to now reach the same audience that we were before, only using a more consistent look, feel, strategy, et cetera, on our page and really doing it from one place. One thing that we noticed in the audit that we did originally was that a lot of our audiences that were on these disparate channels that we had Pretty much overlapped so we had the strongest following on our global channels and then similar people followed us on all the other channels but in a smaller capacity mm. so it really made the most natural sense for us to consolidate that into one big audience that we could then slice and dice for for the messages that we wanted to reach certain groupings within that audience and just use personalization more and that led us to what we're doing with our web properties as well so we want all of our products to be under the same hood. Today, we have a lot of disparate websites across the world and they don't look and feel similar. They show different versions of our product set and and they don't really display our full portfolio and all of what our company has to offer, both from a recruitment standpoint and a product standpoint. So we're developing, you know, one cohesive PrattWhitney.com that is going to allow every customer or potential customer, every recruit or potential employee to go to the site and see the full picture of Pratt and Whitney and be able to understand that better. It also creates a more cohesive way for us to do campaigns. So now, you know, as we're developing landing pages, we're not having to cross-link among sites, right? We're able to use this one site to drive all of our audiences there to the appropriate information. I think, you know, another thing that we've introduced since I've been here is tailored campaign landing pages. So looking at what audience do we want to go to the site? Where are they going to come from? What type of content are they going to click? And how are they going to get a personalized experience or an experience Mm -hmm. that really flows and makes sense Mm -hmm. as they're heading to the site and not just driving people to a static web page that wasn't updated with any relevant messaging for the specific campaign audience? I think that's huge because Pratt and Whitney really used to have this very stale, static website. And since I've come into the team, we've really made a lot of strides with our web crew to actually start updating things on a regular basis, introduce cross-linking among articles and web pages in a way that's effective so that we can create a more personalized experience for our customers.
2: Christina, I I love this. I think I'm I'm seeing this flip side of this coin here where you've been able to find places where this dormant value existed already and you're using the social channels to unlock the richness, the conversational nature, the authority. The expertise that was already in the sales teams, the enhanced targeting from people who are in different parts of the business, maybe not even in the marketing team that you can use to get even more granular and targeted in your marketing efforts. And then this thing that I'm hearing, which is the flip side, is also just the efficiency that you're consolidating what was probably a ton of logistical weight to, to maintain all of these disparate global assets And then with that efficiency, perhaps the intended consequence is the closing of the marketing loop. So you're no longer spraying and praying and then just standing out on the front porch, hoping someone's going to come to the party. It sounds like you're actually being able to target the right consumers, drive them through the channel that you know they'll engage with, and then land them in a place that's relevant so that they actually convert which I think has got to be exciting for anyone who's listening who might be embarking at the beginning of a, of a social transformation journey. It's exciting to think that they could get to that place in a few years. To sort of wrap us up here, do you have any advice for anyone who might be starting their first role at a major organization in social? You mentioned that audit. Is there any, any tips that you could give to someone who might be in a similar position who wants to shake up how a company's uh, using social media?
0: So a few things, I would say it's not easy to build advocates for social and digital in a traditionally what I would call old school company, I would encourage you to find your allies inside the business and use them to help you make the case to their peers for you. Let the data show that you're reaching the people the business cares about, that'll pique their interest. So one question that I get often is like, I care about this guy, knowing that we have this new product or service, how do I get to that guy? And the answer is, I can't always just get to that guy. But I certainly can demonstrate to you how that guy and a lot of people similar to him with that similar profile saw our content and engaged with it. So you can see that the digital channels are reaching the people you care about. And I think that's really important to show. Additionally, I think many people feel uncomfortable because they don't really get it when it comes to digital. I think a lot of people want to pretend they understand But at the end of the day, a major component of your job, if you want to move the needle and you want to change things is education and making sure that everyone understands what the data is saying and how to operationalize it, what to do, right? It's not just enough to show those numbers, but like what actual steps does your team or do you need to take in the future to make these things better and more effective or to get to that guy that you care about? And so turning the data around and giving those steps that folks can follow. And finally, I would say, keep pushing. In just four years, our team completely transformed our digital channels into strategic supporting tools for business campaigns. Uh, it takes a long time to change the perception of digital inside a company. So again, use the data to prove the value of digital channels and supporting things like lead and demand generation. And you will go far if you could do it well and build those allies for yourself.
2: Amazing. Christina, thank you so much for your valuable time and for sharing your journey, which I'm sure will inspire others. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
1: You've been listening to the latest transformation series from Valtech Café. Hit subscribe to get access to our whole back catalogue of conversations. And if you'd like to know more about what we do, why not visit us at Valtec.com for all the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.